Day 27 of the Great War. I've settled my troops into the capital before the enemy had a chance to respond, directly in the centre of the continent, in a city I have renamed King's Crossing. But now, from our tactical vantage, troubling reports from the north indicate that a roving band of noughts are encroaching. It is imperative that we position ourselves to block their efforts, perhaps moving to the corner to force a response from the east. Whatever happens, we must be prepared to secure ourselves three cross armies in a row to ensure ultimate victory. And yet, my third eye sees the future and the futility of our exercises. Just as before, our opponent will repost with a nought to the southeast, wherein we follow up with a cross to the south, and so on and on to a miserable stalemate. And the whole cycle begins anew. But that isn't enough for me. I don't want to be a line on the grid. I want to break the grid. Tune in next time for more from George R. R. Martin's A Song of Noughts and Crosses. Let's go! Live from the Treehouse Board Game Cafe in Sheffield, UK, you're listening to the Treehouse Podcast. I'm Patrick Lickman. And I'm Matt Turner. And our guest today is Treehouse Game Guru and Manager, Sam Saligawalk. Today on the show, we brew up some potent potables in Quacks of Quedlinburg, reveal the secrets to great narrative gaming, and explore the depths of gaming addiction in Gloomhaven. That's all this month on the Freehouse Podcast. Hello! And welcome to the Treehouse Podcast. We are, well, I'm Matt Turner. You heard all that in the, in the intro. Um, <laughs> we're talking about board games again for the month of April it's right. 2019. April 2019, and we're here today with a, a very special guest, a first timer on the show. He can talk the talk. Wait. Yeah, what? that's right. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, let me do it again. He can talk the talk, but can he Saliga the Saliga? It's Sam Saliga Wall. Hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Sam. No worries. Nope. Uh, glad gl- to be here. Glad to have you here in the cafe to record the April podcast. Fantastic. It's a lovely sunny day outside. The birds are singing. Yep. The boards are gaming. Yep. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We're in the staff cupboard, so I just... <laughs> true. I, uh, <laughs> there are no, I, there are no, no windows, windows in here, no. no ventilation, no. so let's get this going fast, shall we? <laughs> yep. Before we it. run out of air. Let's start off with, as ever, with the recap of the events that we uh, had in the cafe last month, during the month of March. Uh, I'm going to start, because there's one fairly big one, uh, which was our Keyforge events that we've been doing for a little while now. I think we started them in January. Uh, are really popular yeah, people like yeah. coming to Keyforge. It turns out, um, which we, makes me really happy. It is really, really good because it's like uh, we, we've we've covered Keyforge before on the, on the show a couple of times. But uh, I did, I never expected it to be like so popular. Yeah, yeah to take so many new week. people every week. Yes, which is fantastic. And so uh, we've doubled up the events. We were doing one a month, and we were uh, alternating between the Archon format and the Sealed format. Uh, but now we're doing both of those every month. Uh, every every two weeks, there's a different Keyforge event going on. Uh, you can buy the tickets uh, through our website. And uh, like you say, Sam, if you're a brand new uh, person to the game, if you mm-hmm. if you don't know yeah. anything about it, it's yep. the perfect time to come and play. Yeah, get a sealed. Go go to go to a sealed one. Rip open a pack on the day. It is immediately a deck you can play with. It's crazy. And yep. you are the expert in the world in that deck. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Because yeah. it's, it's unique. You are, you're the only person who knows how to play that deck. <laughs> what else is going on, Matt? We had a wedding. We did. We had another yeah. wedding at the uh, at the treehouse. Yeah. It was beautiful. You looked great in your dress. I Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, it was... I thought your vows were a little, um, uh, you know, uh, on the nose. 
yes, that's that's because I did shout them into my betrothed nose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I didn't get mar- married, unfortunately, but um, s- some people did. Uh, <laughs> Alison and Adam um, uh, uh, came for, for their reception. They were generous enough to share their, their special day with us. Yeah. And we got to work that. Uh, well, I, I got to work the, uh, the evening for that. And that was a, a nice time, actually. It, it was they were a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of... Uh, a lot of cool people, a lot of um, uh, people who'd never been to the, the treehouse before, um, and uh, there were games played. Um, Lots of cheesy music. Uh, we had Werewolf Live on in a side room. Yes, John Gracie uh, of, of Bring Them Home, if you remember of, that. <laughs> of of uh, Treehouse Podcast fame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course he was. John Gracie, who you presumably only know from the Treehouse Podcast, <laughs> came down and did Werewolf Live uh, just as a, like, a private event, which was amazing. I'm definitely going to get him to do that for my wedding. Yeah, well, um, oh, be, yeah, I would have enjoyed that. Jokes on, <laughs> jokes on you, Sam. You're Damn already it, married. We're, we're, <laughs> st- we're still trying to hash out the rules to the wedding-themed two grooms and a boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> and finally, we had uh, Solken, our flagship D and D campaign, come to a close uh, in its fourth season. Uh, not the whole thing, but the fourth season came to a close. Uh, fourth of five, getting close. Yes, we are nearly at the very end of wow. of the whole campaign, which is. Uh, only a little bit terrifying. It is terrifying because, firstly, it means we've got to, as writers, we've got to kick it off, uh, like finish it with a bang. Yeah. Uh, and secondly, it means that um, we are about to step into a new era <gasps> of of uh, role playing at the treehouse where anything goes. I'm just yeah. worried about the uh, new names on the dinner tickets when I'm working in the kitchen. Every yeah, you're not going to know. Who know like, Who's this food for? Yeah. <laughs> you've you've got mystery. you've gotten to know the uh, the specific oh, I know, dietary. I know exactly what they want. I know all of the people's allergies. Exactly <laughs> what they want to eat. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not look forward to it. Yeah, when you when you've got a year and a half D and D campaign, yeah. you tend to get to know the people who yeah, you sure do. come to yeah. it. Um, yes. So um, yeah, se- season four came to a close. It was yeah. a, a really successful final uh, final session. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to have had a, a good time. We left them on a big cliffhanger, didn't we? Yeah, we like we we couldn't not, could we? Yeah. We're we're awful like that. Yes, we're terrible stories. Yeah, uh, but we're very excited to move into the uh, the next phase of, of Treehouse Worlds of our role playing arm. A little bit more about which at the end of the show, in fact. Mm. So I think that's all the events. Uh, I believe so. That's that's uh, all the all the events last month. It's everything I've got written on my piece of paper. <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope that's exhaustive then, Patrick. <laughs> In which case, Matt, what do we um what do we uh like after we do the events? What do we do next on the show? What do we normally do next on the show, Patrick? Um, I don't have the, the, the format open in front of me. so It's my first time here. I don't know what we're doing. Matt, um, Matt, <laughs> Matt, you've been on the show eight we times. Do, we, do. we do. Literally the... every time. <laughs> yeah. We do... Patrick. Yes. I have some information to deliver to you. Okay. We do the new game of the month. Yes, awesome. that's right. We do the brand new game uh, that's been uh, that's hit the treehouse shelves that you can come in and play right now. This one is our tips battle winner of yep. the of the last uh, the last month, and it is. It is Quacks of Quedlinburg. So, Patrick, what is Quacks of Quedlinburg? Well, I'm glad you asked, Sam. Quacks of Quedlinburg is a brand new uh, bag building board game. Um, or a deck builder, if you are Matt and you hate to use the right word for things. <laughs> hey, it's hey, a new thing, Matt. It's don't a new come thing. at me just because you've found a new way of, of, of jumbling up the bits that you're about to pull out of that. <laughs> no <stack>. deck! <laughs> um, it is, in fact, a potion brewing game in which each round you will try to create a potion using ingredients 
uh, out of a bag. You're pulling at random. You don't know what you're pulling, but you know what you've put in there. And each round you add more ingredients, more good stuff with more hopeful combinations of, of scoring massive points. Yep. But you've also got these nasty, horrible, explosive white ingredients, which uh, if you pull out too many of, your whole potion will explode. It's a potion explosion, it which is. is what yep. this game maybe should have been called, but it came out too late. Yeah. 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 Slight <laughs> trademark issue. Yeah, so of course they went through the complete other end of the spectrum with <laughs> Quacks, Quacks of Quedlinburg. And there's no ducks, by yeah. the way. There's no ducks in it. He's still looking for the ducks. There's yeah. no ducks. Matt's so bitter about that. I was so upset because, like... No okay. one else is looking for ducks. Why no. not? It's, it's just you. quacks. We know yeah. what quacks yeah. means. Yeah. Like. Everybody knows what quacks it are. It uses... The, the the game uses the word quacks as, like, a, a old term for, like, physicians. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you kind know. Yeah, kind of those like, uh, snake Like your dad does about the ducks here. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind of those snake oil salesman types, right? Who are just yeah. making up uh, some random potion and hoping for the best. And as we all know, the city of Quedlinburg is located in... The, where, where, where did ducks Minnesota, go? that's the correct <laughs> answer. <laughs> no, it's a fictional nonsense name. It's, right, they've just gone with I the... just assumed it was in Germany. Yeah, that's a, a fair the, assumption. The, um, so the Ducks of Quindlington, so what <laughs> do you do in the Ducks of Quindlington? Well, like I say, you pull out your, your potion uh, ingredients, you, you fill them in, each of them is worth a point value, and you've got a little track that you're following around mm-hmm. and you're trying to increase your score, uh, but you have to also choose the right time to stop. And so every turn, you're thinking, or you're sort of feeling in your bag, and you're like, well, I've got f- six here left, and you're sort of counting up because you know exactly what will cause you to explode, to go bust. And so you go, I've got a two that will make me explode. So I've got a one in three chance here and you pull it out and you're, oh, I did it. And you move on. And then the odds get a little bit harder. It shrinks and you move ever closer to the certainty of ruining everything. But the important part is that you get to buy new bits to put in your bag. That's right. There's this exciting new ingredients that offer different special abilities and yeah different mechanics every time there's a whole there's a whole bunch of different ingredients that you can use uh, between each game so so uh, there's different sets there's four sets in the base there game are four sets yeah oh, that's right i thought there were four three different. and i was really upset that we'd played all of them yeah yeah <laughs> me me and matt fourth mystery set <laughs> me and matt have played this game three times now over the course of the last couple uh, weeks yeah and uh, sam you played it just, yeah, the just, one. just the once uh, yep. so you've got even more to, to look forward oh, to oh yeah yeah um, but of course the other great thing is the sets are recommended that you play with those particular ingredients together yeah. but it also says make up your own set you can mix, mix and match, match. yeah, yeah. And, work. and uh, i'm sure there's probably already a little community uh, dedicated to finding new and interesting sets that... and indeed probably writing new ingredients because the great thing is it's not like it says on the ingredient what it does you could just write a new definition yeah. for that yeah, ingredient. It's, it's just a bit of card yeah like, you could get another bit of card <laughs> that would that would work a actually. delightful looking bit of card now i want to do that that is an this is an exciting idea for homebrewing and uh I'm, that's gonna be my next when whenever we're like a little bit like not busy when they've got a bit of time uh probably tuesday day sam um yes. <laughs> uh, i'm gonna be thinking about yep. that rather than doing any work that's yeah <laughs> just like every tuesday <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah uh like and I know you guys said it's a bag builder, right? But yes, it because it is. Yep, you have a bag, you build it. Yep. Up until yep. now, yes. 
Harry Potter, um, and I've written here Battle Attack Boys because I didn't know what it was. Well, didn't know what it was called. Yeah. Um, but Harry Potter, the Battle Attack Boys uh, <laughs> Bat- thing, where you all work <laughs> together Battle to Attack defeat uh, Professor um, Snape or whatever. <laughs> Snape or uh, Snape. You've you've not played this game. Um, I've played the game. I just I just don't remember much about Harry Potter. I was a child when I read it. Um, like you know, you all should be. Um, so <laughs> it is a kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving hot takes track. aside. That was my best intro to deck building uh, example, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem introducing this uh, people to this, to, to Quetz Cradlinburg, and going, yeah, this is basically how deck builders work. Sure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> because here's the thing. With Harry Potter, with uh, Dominion, all that stuff, you're sort of... You go through your deck like, why am I? Why are these like complicated and weird things that I'm gonna buy later? Do I get those immediately when I buy them? All that stuff. Those are the, those are the weird questions that go through your head if yeah. you're just learning. Mm. In this, you immediately know that you want to put stuff into your bag, right? Because, because it's gonna uh, kind of um, dilute the bad stuff. Yeah. Yes, there's because... a real tactile feel. To yeah. getting the ingredients and an immediacy to exactly exactly what you're doing. Unlike a deck builder, where you often have the opportunity to like permanently remove cards from your deck, so you're trying to slim it to the most efficient engine that you you possibly can. Yeah. At the beginning of the game, your bag is just bad. Yeah. And you can't get rid of those except in the very rarest of, of random circumstances. Yeah. Um. But you, there's no strategy for removing those nasty white chips that I mentioned. It's just putting more stuff in your bag in the hope that you dilute dilute the yeah the, rubbish. <laughs> the, the awful stuff yeah it's, it's 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 pretty wild and you know that it's like an inevitability no matter what you will eventually go bust if you keep pushing your luck especially if you're patrick <laughs> especially if you're patrick listen i i push my luck in every game i play in port royal in blokes and boats probably too much oh you one. are too i'm really good yeah in, yeah in skies of morocco i'm really good at pushing my luck but in this one I don't know what it is, but every single time <laughs> I go, okay, it's a one in five chance. I one in really five. enjoyed watching you bust time. Oh, and and here's the thing. I've played that game. I've been Patrick for a game, right? Yeah. And in Blokes, uh, in Blokes and Boats in Port Royal, um, I playing against Patrick, it always feels bad when I have a, a, a rum stretch of luck and... Uh, Patrick's just sailing high. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, he's, he's sort of like his his plane. His his I got ships my blokes. now have have, got my have wings, uh, and, he's, <laughs> and, and the and the blokes have created a castle for him. Um, and and I'm just like, ah, oh, I think I've got a sailor. Um, <laughs> my one sailor and my little one boat. Yeah. And um, like when that's happening, it feels bad. Like it feels bad to be behind um, yeah. because of luck, right? Mm. In this. There are these amazing catch-up slash what we would call in in, in the Mario Kart terminology rubber banding rubber. feel uh, like uh, uh, effects. Yes, where the person who's behind is given a, a second chance. It's a really so it's probably one of the best catch-up mechanisms I've seen in a game. It really punishes you for going out in the lead with points. Yeah, um, especially early on. Early where on, particularly. Yeah, you think well, points are how I win the game, so yeah. I'll get yeah. a few points here. But then, once you've taken a lead against the other players, they start to come back with a vengeance. Everyone really else gives them a big head start in the next round. Cauldron is better, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're yeah. ahead on points, you know the the aim is to basically have the most 
essential volume of your of, of your potion right you just want the most stuff in it eventually mm-hmm. um and they just start with stuff in there which means that their next round is going to be better they're going to have more to spend it can be a kicker after this first round actually it can be better to be behind um which it, it feels weird but it, 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 no, it definitely favored yeah in, in the first game i played it definitely favored me to be behind on points early on for sure slingshot you and and you overcome that and that keeps happening you know back and forth yeah. um very rarely do you find huge gaps in the in the end of the game apart from maybe the last round you're usually about f- t- 3 to 5 points away from each other within the la- in the last round and then at some point you know you're like i i will not win if i don't keep pushing can, can yeah, we talk about intense. the last round cuz <gasps> what a stroke oh, of genius that's really good <laughs> so so uh, during most of the game it's simultaneous play you are you are pulling out your your ingredients and, and playing together and you can just like stop making your potion for a bit if you look like you're ahead and i like doing this i like waiting for other players to overtake me before i push my luck any further because otherwise you know yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be in front but in the last round of the game you're not allowed you don't have that luxury instead one at a time you're pulling out your ingredients simultaneously and revealing them in your hand like a weird cult pact yes exactly <laughs> it did feel a bit like that because we had <laughs> we had a rhythm going didn't we <laughs> pull it out put it in your fist reveal it but if you want to stop Nobody knows that you're going to stop because you just reveal an empty hand, and it's only at that point that people realise that you're 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 sort of not pushing your luck any further. Sure. And so it encourages you to go a bit further every single time, just that little bit, like you were saying, just to try and overtake the the the, the leading player just the by a little bit. Post. And yes. if you don't blow your blow your uh, kind of cauldron, if your if your potion doesn't explode um, in in the last round, you get a bunch more points. So you're doing this sort of weird kind of we're both we both could draw the chip that will make us go bust and explode our potions. But does my opponent have an empty hand? Am I doing something stupid for no reason? It's a, it's a, a very interesting uh, little mechanic. And it, 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 it set, kind of heightens the drama of the whole game. Absolutely. I love the simultaneous uh, sort of play. I mean, it, we absolutely flew through. Like, I felt like you absolutely fly through it. Yes, absolutely. And, like, I could just go play again. Yeah, like, I could have played yeah. three games in a row. Yeah. Sure. I would have tried out all of those. It's very sets. quick, actually. How, really quick. how long did we, we, we spend playing? I honestly don't felt know. felt like about five minutes. <laughs> it, just, it sucked that time into yeah, a void, really and I did. have no idea. Um, I, I will say, for a game that uses the phrase evaluation phase A, <laughs> it is incredibly <laughs> exciting. I've got to say just how good it looks. Oh, yeah, um, it's beautiful. Like, uh, absolutely beautiful. And one thing I really like about games is when they can bring the visuals in to help explain the game. Yeah. Yes. Um, Everything on your player board like, has, a, has a purpose, an illustration, but also... Points you... space. It's not just sort of uh, a myriad of unknown symbols when you open it to be language independent. Yeah. yeah. You've got really, yeah, like really good visual cues for exactly where There's... you should do it. Uh, so that is... Quacks of Quedlinburg. If uh, it's not obvious, we really like oh, it. Really yeah, six it. out of ten no ducks. <laughs> <laughs> the lack of ducks is really vexing that. Um, but let's move on uh, from a game about brewing potions to a game about. I've already screwed it up, haven't I? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not even talking about a game. to a topic. <laughs> About brewing drama. <laughs> brewing the game. Thank you, Matt. That's much better than anything <laughs> I was dug myself into a hole there. Yes, we're going to talk about narrative games. Specifically all about uh, the kind of games who uh, uh, take the great effort to actually tell a story, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, mm. And narrative and board games 
very important to me. That's like part of my whole thing. If you ask me, me like too. for just pick your favorite game, almost every single one of them will, will have Absolutely. a narrative behind it. Yes. Um, for example? For example, Time Stories uh, yes, time would be stories my, my best example of... Uh, I'll get into it later, but like it is... Uh, my most immersive board game experience mansions of madness mansions of madness is one of my favorites it's, uh, it's one of the best narratives um there's all sorts going on absolutely. in it and and the important part is it develops this story now i want to make a distinction here between narrative and theme right because absolutely. quirks of Quedlin has a strong theme oh it's incredibly yeah. thematic but yeah. not a, a story in sight you have your own little story of like, oh, I was behind and now I'm ahead and that, uh, and and I went to, I got too big for my boots and all that stuff, right? But, but you're only ever thinking of it in terms of gameplay and mechanics. Gameplay, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Narrative for me is when you make bad choices. It, it's when you start stepping towards making completely uh, non-logical, non-optimal choices yes. because you are in the head of... The, the the story and for example mm-hmm. role playing games uh, do this all the time now we can't really talk about role playing games because that's just the narrative version of gaming sure. it's different but I want to talk about um, a game me and Sam played recently which was Nemesis oh wow yeah. oh I've not played that yeah. I want to game. we yeah. don't have it yeah. in, the, in, in the cafe but I want to give an example of one of my favourite narrative uh, like sure. kind of plot hooks essentially we're playing Nemesis Nemesis is a game based around the Alien franchise probably yeah, yeah. it's kind of a slight sort of wonky clone <laughs> I would say um, I'm the uh, I'm the scientist you were the <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh I enjoyed that <laughs> you were who were you playing I was the captain. I was captain. the sleazy captain who yep. could uh, send people around. Um, and then we had... He, was, he wasn't sleazy in the description. That was <laughs> oh, no, I just that made was him. just how I Sam was playing him. every time. Yeah. Joe was the pilot? Joe was his own man. I don't know what Joe was. <laughs> and he, and then, I, you don't, never trust Joe. Um, <laughs> and then um, Matt Arnold, uh, all these people have been on the show, um, uh, was... Useless. <laughs> the the a security guard or soldier or something <laughs> no, to, to that effect. Yes. Um... We're about to succeed in our goals, right? And, and, and the the alien, if you're saying it's like alien, is is not the is it's the game, right? There's not. Yes. A uh, yeah. yeah. No. It's, yeah. It's, it's a semi co-op. You can betray yeah. each other, all sorts of stuff. Hidden objectives sure. and yeah. We're about to achieve our goals. We've 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 sent we've targeted Earth with our with our uh, computer. We're about to get go there. We're about to get in the stasis pods. We are about to, um, we've, we've set all the engines up. It was a lot of work to get there. And everyone's trusted each other. Everyone and then has... Matt. And then I... Got slammed. Just at the last <laughs> moment, I could have got in the in the stasis pod. Could have done. Yeah. I didn't. Could have no. been selfish I was like, like I, was I got like, in that stasis you know pod what? immediately. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stick around so that I can do a, a bit of an attack just before we... Um, Try to be the hero. We Everyone gets in. Why did you right? do that? Because... I want to help my, my fellow man. Yes. Okay. Me and Joe are in those pods. <laughs> Scientist, I, maybe I I've say. got some high-minded ideals. Yes. Next turn, in goes, uh, in goes Sam, yeah. in goes Joe. Only Matt Arnold is left behind. Okay. Right? And we've been journeying together all the way through. Sure. They'd been like the engineer crew. Me and Matt yeah. Arnold had been doing a scientific mission to wipe out the aliens, uh, like the, the, their, their eggs. Yes. Um, Matt Very Arnold. scientific. I... <laughs> <laughs> they were there just punching eggs. <laughs> so, anyway, to move it on. Making alien armor. <laughs> um, so I get hit by an alien and just happen to get infected. There's oh. a very low, low there, chance of this yeah, happening. There's a fair chance. Yeah. 
Don't we... fight the aliens hand in hand, Matt. I mean, <laughs> you know, they have acid blood and... All that stuff. We um, went, had to, we were like, oh man, I've got to get this alien bug out of me before I go to Earth, right? So we, we're making, I'm, I have to make a last ditch run to the operating theatre to get it out. Oh, uh, no. and, but, and then Matt Arnold. He could have got in that stasis. He could have done. He could have done. This is why I called him useless. So he decided to help. He did not. He stuck with me. Oh, no. <laughs> and we all died. But they're, they're... Uh, no, we didn't. You, you two I slipped. was fine. Yeah. But the important part is we didn't take a bug back to Earth. Uh, yeah, no, you you guys demised and me and Joe were safe in our pods. Yeah. Team engineer crew. Although I was in a pod next to Joe who I did not trust through that entire game. <laughs> I think that's what was really good about that na- particular narrative is it really forces you into that confined space. Sure. On the sh- like the drifting Hulk, a uh, bit Red Dwarf feel to it, a yeah, bit of an yeah. alien feel. And like a, a dead yeah, spaceship. Absolutely. Really... I played a lot of those sort of, uh, you know, Dead of Winter, stuff like that, but sure. nothing's sounds, quite as sounds, emotive as that. I haven't played it, but it sounds a lot like Nemesis is uh, not necessarily giving you a plot line, uh, except for the yeah. basic sort of stretch. It's not giving you, like, uh, it's event It's not a cards. forced narrative. Right. It, it's but, a natural But you, you're able to build it's one out of your characters. I would say that about a game that I played quite quite recently, which was Through the Ages, a Vladis Vettel game. Yeah, and I really want to play this game. You were telling excellent. me about it. It's absolutely amazing. It's incredibly long and ridiculously complicated. What's the what's the um, one-line brief? Well, basically, it is a, a civilization game. If anyone's played any of the Sid Meier civilization games, it gives you a good overview of what you're doing. Uh, there's no map, and there's no... It's just a, basically a big, long line of cards, and you're slowly taking the technologies from the card and building up your own civilization. Mm. And it gives you this real feel for just the progress of time and you're building up your own civilization in a really natural way. And the technology kind of gets more advanced. Exactly, as you yeah. Go. You go throughout, like, through the ages, as Ooh, it suggests. Like the game. Yeah, yeah, very well, well, well named. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, wonderful sort of non-force narrative. Um, much like, you know, opposite of mansions, but... Yes, I was still, gonna... very, still very natural, you know, narratively yeah. evocative. Sh- I mean, we should talk about game narrative games that people can play if they come down the treehouse, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, so far we've covered basically <laughs> games that we don't. <laughs> games, <laughs> games, that we don't games that we don't have. Yeah, yeah let's, we can talk about time stories. Time I stories, because I love time stories. You love time stories. You love time stories. We do have Mansions of Madness. That's true. We also could talk about Mansions. But, but time time stories is the most immersive board game experience I've ever had. Yes, I, I think that's oh, fair. Okay, and uh, and it's because it tested my brain right Mm -hmm. in the way that it works right everyone's brain works differently it tested my brain but also when it's a a cooperative game yeah when faced with something that i couldn't possibly do andy our boss andy was able to just immediately figure this thing out right he's he's a bit like freaky like that yeah (laughs) for sure and and that was us being tested. It was like it's like an escape room almost, except not in that kind of like escape the cabin or, or, or exit the exit the room well, sort of well stuff. Well, that's the thing because we can very directly compare time stories to uh, unlock yes, or, or exit for sure. the, the escape room games because in both cases they are a deck of cards, normally numbered, and uh, occasionally you just need to go and find a number of cards so that you can go to the next bit, sure. right? Mm-hmm. But in unlock the narrative is about as advanced as a normal escape room which is to say premise (laughs) escape the room (laughs) you you hear a sound file of someone saying a spooky ghost is coming (laughs) and then you basically just have to rummage through blood-stained in inverted commas to find to find find the number 18 yeah 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 yeah. yeah. whereas in time stories 
you are given a character and actually you have a choice of, of, of characters and those characters have specific strengths and weaknesses and sometimes they have like special features and that character uh, that has a, an impact on the game. Yeah. Not only though does that character have an impact on the game, but also you do because you aren't your character in Time Stories. Yes. You are time agents yes. who are being sent back into vessels. Those are your characters. Mm. Um, you are kind of, uh, you are kind of passive observers, which you are in a board game, right? Yes. So you get put into these pods. There's, your consciousness gets sent into someone back in time in another, on another planet. It doesn't matter. You could be, uh, I, don't, I don't really know the context of most of the things because the great thing about time stories is that the, um, the plot, the emergent uh, uh, plot is a mechanic. If you know what's going to happen, then you uh, you can change your plan. Yeah, you're limited in time. When your yeah. time runs out, you have to start again. But Groundhog when... Day. Yes. Yep. And it makes you very mad when you waste time. <laughs> it I, it, just a hint for anyone who plays the first mission, do not touch the bloody plunger. <laughs> Goddamn plunger. Then <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of the most times I've been angry at a game. The plunger. Not my, it was completely my fault. The plunger is maybe the single funniest moment. <laughs> it it, it in, was like, it's got to be the plunger. Narrative board gaming that, oh I, my God, that, that I can remember. So good. It is, it really is very, clever. very good. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, you have that perspective as a time agent. You're not of this time. You don't know everything here. And that's what makes it feel successful is the fact sure. that, that uh, you have that framing. You have that context. Yeah. To take that in contrast to something like Magic the Gathering, a game that's very close to my heart, a game that has a, a story in sort of outside media, but that has historically struggled to tell that story on the cards. Mm -hmm. Because as players, you don't see the cards in a specific order. You open your booster packs and you, you, you sure. see whatever whatever you see. Mm -hmm. It is non-linear. It's really difficult to tell a story in and, that, in and that and method. Also, I don't know as a player who Apocrypla the angel head is, right? <laughs> um, uh, but yes. in time stories, I'm not expected to know. Right. Like to, to get the story, yeah. I am an, a passive observer. All the information is given to me as we go along. Yes. Um, so time stories, like that kind of spoiler mechanic, that kind of change the route you're going, enables it to tell a fantastic story and to include me as a player in it. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, finally, let's talk about Manchester Madness. Okay. Well, it's one of my favourite games. Yeah. You know, I've not, so, I've probably not second only to... Yeah the game we'll talk about later on yes absolutely um, so but, in, in mansions much like in time stories you play yeah. through scenarios right that's right so it is uh conducted through a tablet and really the best use of technology i've seen in a board game there's a few that have done it now oh yes the um, app is, I think is the, a really uh, good compliment the ipad uh just sat at the end of the table play some creepy music you can turn that off if you want uh, <laughs> but, but why the, would you <laughs> i encourage creepy music oh at all um, times but yeah it really aids you in you know just having the setup. If anybody's ever played any of those big Lovecraft games, you know what the setup's like. It's it's Huge. awful. Yeah. Particularly the first edition of Mansions of Madness is I, the setup's about an hour and a half long. I do want to say I that that's where I got my start into yeah. big quote unquote big box, right. box games. I got in on first edition, yep. and I inevitably because I owned a game ended up being the dungeon yeah, master me style too. Me person, too. right? It's basically a dungeon keeper who's pulling all the strings of this haunted house. This is in first edition of Master yes, the first Madness edition. before the yeah. app came along. Absolutely. So, yeah, the second edition replaced the seeding of the rooms, basically. The... So you didn't have to create the rooms and create the mansion yourself. The app yeah. does it for you. You literally start off in a hallway, you're given a bit of pretext, a bit of story pretext, and you explore. And it just means that everyone is on the same team exactly. from the start. You don't yep. have someone on the other side of the table holding all the cards, mm -hmm. which can be fun. It can be dramatic. Unless 
you go insane. Unless you go insane, <gasps> which, at which point... I oh, love going insane. Sanity cards in that game are some of my favourite things. I had one in one of the first games I played, and I flipped it over, and I could no longer talk for the rest of the game. It makes <laughs> it incredibly hard to cooperate with people. They just break the rules. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they... Make, yeah. So the game is fully cooperative, unless you go mm-hmm. insane, at which point sometimes you'll get an alternate win condition. Yeah. But nobody knows... Yeah. When you go insane. So yeah. going into a room with somebody on your own and having a bladed weapon and sacrificing them to the, you know, yes. Lovecraftian gods yes. is a particular favourite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I love that stuff. And, and, Me too. And the great thing is that you, from what from the drama you lose from having a dungeon master person in the room, you gain about 10,000 times more from the fact that everyone's on the same uh, page. Sure. Anything could happen. You have no idea and you're just exploring but, this world but it never feels like you're playing the computer no as opposed to something like like pandemic where you're playing the deck or playing the playing the game sure you know you are playing the story yes you know the, the narrative beats uh, sort of different every time as well really because the even layouts of the, the rooms scenario. are different yeah. Uh, yeah even i've played the first scenario three or four times and uh, it's been different layout different you, different oh, positionings of stuff you are focused on the board you're not focused on the tablet right, right yeah, you yeah. are reading oh, yeah. what it says yeah. it's directing you to do stuff but as one person is following those instructions, basically you're focused on the big what's horrifying in front of me. tentacly monsters that yeah. are in front of you. <laughs> Which, it's got some great minis. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a pain to put together. Probably my only criticism. Yeah. You have to click them into the things, and it can be a little bit frustrating. I mean, um, if you want to talk, small criticism. If you want to talk fiddly setup, I think it's probably <laughs> as good as transition as any. Oh my. <laughs> to yeah. move into the uh, game sp- or the guest spotlight, where we ask our guest. To uh, bring just to basically bring their favourite game, yeah, um, or just something that they think think should be talked about, yeah, something that, that that's worth a chat. And uh, Sam, <laughs> pushing pushing the buttons of his uh, of his hosts in this particular instance, has picked. Uh, well, I, I think you should tell them, Sam. It's Gloomhaven. It's Gloomhaven. <laughs> it's Glooms oh. Haven. All right, oh, Sam. Wow, it's traditional. I have to ask you, what is Gloomhaven? So, Gloomhaven is an experience. <laughs> it's like a drug. It is a <laughs> giant board game um, that is a sort of expand. Um, how do I describe you? Yeah, you yeah. have left me with a no, challenge it's, here. It's hard it's to describe. Uh, it's an enormous box full of wonder. Start you, with the campaign. Yeah, you open it up and it's a giant campaign. You start off with a selection of heroes that you can choose from. Quite a basic set of heroes. And you open up a board and you have several missions that you can select. And as a party, you create a party and found a sort of guild, I would say. Yes. And then you move mission through mission. Uh, Your hero progresses, much like, I guess, a D&D role-playing Yeah, very similar. You make your Um, choices as to whether you team up with that character or betray them or, you know, that kind of thing. Which jobs you take. Yeah. But it is incredibly tactical in the actual battles. Yeah. So once you enter the missions, it's a yeah, it's a it's a card based uh, sort of combat minis game, um, with incredibly variable rules. Every different scenario that you go into has uh, different win conditions. But different presumably, units, different. Presumably, Sam, much like Mansions of Madness, there's only you know what a dozen missions tops. Really, not that many, right? Oh, I want to say there's over 150 missions. Oh <laughs> <laughs> man! Yeah, there is quite frankly a. Re- ridiculous amount of missions and, i and mean pa- i played this game i mean me and matt we, together we played in one day 14 hours 14 <laughs> hours of gloomhaven we went through four missions in one day and if that sounds to you listening at home if that sounds like something that you would never do you're listening to sam say we played for 14 hours and you're thinking 
I mean, I like board games, but I could never play. You a, could. I, you could. <laughs> you could. Really could. If you played, if you played Gloomhaven, oh my god, it's okay. We're sounding. We're starting to sound a little bit uh, okay. evangelical. Well, I want to talk about like the specifics. Okay, so you spoke about the board. Okay, I yep. want to describe the board that you get when you open Gloomhaven. Go on. It is a map of a city. Yeah, and the and surrounding surrounds. Area. Yes. Okay, it's just. Just a city, and, and nicely rendered. Nicely, you can see the various areas of the city, um, and then it's bigger than that. You've got mountain ranges, you've got streams, swamps, uh, swamps and, and and seas, and it's, it's very much the first page of a uh, fantasy. It novel. looks like a, it looks like yeah, it's a Tolkien book, isn't it? It's yeah. that kind of that yeah layout of a of a Tolkien map. Now imagine the game tells you to put oh I don't know four stickers on it. Uh, in Love places that are kind of designated <laughs> by numbers, yes, um, you put these stickers on, and it tells you those places are places you have missions. You have been Delicious asked to go missions. to those places. Okay. Yes. Once you finish one of those missions, the game might well ask you to put three yeah. more stickers <laughs> on the board. And you go, hold on, I have seven choices. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I've the just the, the mission choices can hurt your head a little bit. Yeah, um, and like it just expands from there. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, exponential. It's, and, it's, and if you have been that person who can't get people together or don't know how to play Dungeons and Dragons mm. or but you want yeah, that feeling a of a campaign or just something that your your progress doesn't finish when you close the box. Yeah. That is and that for me is so hard hitting. Like I for years and years and years and still to this day yearn for D&D campaigns that go on for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh that like we, I, we we're getting there with Salt. <laughs> but right, even yeah. then even like, then that's a fraction of the kind of work that goes into a Gloomhaven campaign. I dread to think how long they worked on it. Why did you I mean, why did you pick this for your, your guest spotlight game, uh Sam? Well, I guess because a lot of the time with board games we have a habit I think of playing something once um, and because there's so many there's so many good games out there yeah nothing like Gloomhaven has ever made me want to come back to it more right yeah when you, when you've you got finish a shelf one, of like 500 this games this is it I have a, I have 100 games at home yeah but I play want to play Gloomhaven 10 times more than anything else <laughs> yes. I mean it's number one on board game keep for a reason um, that's you know, true yeah uh it's it's that like constant thought about it. When I finish playing Gloomhaven, I think about playing Gloomhaven. So yeah. let's talk about that loop. We've talked about the loop for um on the wider world, right? The story the choices you're gonna make, um, the fact that your choices and the outcomes can can change based sure. on what character you are, Absolutely. um and your reputation in the city. But let's talk about the missions themselves, because they're so concise those like gloomhaven as a game would stand on its own without that structure absolutely yeah, yeah as a, tactical, a set of missions yes yeah, it's a, a tactical minis game yeah really. it's, re- it's card based and but it's 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 <laughs> card based in such a cool way fantastic yeah the <laughs> you have a, you have a set of like powers right yeah so basically you have a, a hand of cards that is based on your character and you have access to all of these cards so my starting character, for example, is a big man made out of rocks. Big rock boy. And he he's great because he's a big, dumb rock man. And he all his cards have big, dumb rock powers. He's big, he's and strong. And you and he walk forward and you th- he loves rocks. He loves <laughs> rocks so much. And he plods forward and throws rocks with little regard for his safety of, you know, his companions. <laughs> he's the only character that does damage his other friends. Yeah, he just hurts everybody. Uh, as far yeah. as I'm he aware. Doesn't care. He just loves I rocks. enjoy that. Yeah. I kind of enjoy that. It's in, you know the cards 
well, quite simple and have just text printed on them. Yeah. But what I really like is, yeah, the system is you pick two of your hand of cards and all of the cards in the middle have a number, which is your initiative. And you can choose which of those cards is your initiative and it sort of decides how fast you go. Yeah. And you're allowed to play a top half of the card and the bottom half of the card. And they're, they're separate actions, yeah. but they've so cleverly designed like which actions you're most likely to see on a top card. So it's it's, it's rare to see somebody moving on the top half of their card. Now, this is quite Absolutely. abstract. Basically, it means that you will usually, because you're playing two cards per turn, you will usually move with one side and attack or do something funky. Or with throw the, some rocks. With, with the other side, or throw some rocks. Yeah. Throw some with, rocks, with the other, right? With the other card. The cool thing is that the cards all have a numbered initiative on them, so your compatriots, your cooperative compatriots, mm-hmm. might end up going before you, taking the space that you wanted to land on, and then you've got to think on your feet. Yeah, so you've got to be aware that you, you, you have limited information that you can pass between your teammates. Right, you so can't, you the can't initiative say, I'm going to go on turn four. Exactly, you can say, I'm going to try and go relatively fast, and I'm going to go hit that guy over there with some rocks. I wouldn't say I dislike that part of the game, uh, necessarily, but I would say that it is slightly clunkier than everything else that goes on. Is oh, this really? idea of like, how fast are you going? I'm going to go yeah. relatively fast. Yeah. I'm going to go fast-ish. I see I'm going to go slow for me, which actually I don't mind that. But um, because you're not allowed to literally say the numbers, you it feels a little like you're working against the game when you when you absolutely when you yeah. To, Sometimes like, you have to happen. kind of try and curtail how much information you're giving and yeah. give you set yourself a limit. And I think obviously playing the game for so long, you kind of that gets a little bit looser. You especially get a when you're secret little language getting hurt. Sort of absolutely, like absolutely. To... And knowing, I think knowing your teammates and knowing their abilities, which happens really quickly yeah, if you play you a big long team. mission, mm-hmm. is that you kind of get a feel for how they're going to react. And what they can do, which again replicates the feeling of a D and D campaign. Of being sure. part of your party, Absolutely. you meet as strangers and you begin to to work together. I also love you mentioned your rock boy. We don't want to talk too much about all mm-hmm. of the characters because well, part the, of the I mean the opening. Yeah, I mean the discovery of the game, obviously. But the opening six characters, you know, they're going to be the same for everyone. Yes, that's um, right. So you've got the Spellweaver, uh, which was my first character. They're like a crystalline creature. They're, they're quite frail, quite fragile, but they do have the potential to sort of manipulate the elements and deal massive damage. Um, there's a big strong brute who just charges into battle and just sort of protects all his friends there's the uh, sneaky rat boy sneaky rat boy the <laughs> mind likes thief. grabbing money yeah the mind thief Great. They, they control other people's minds mm-hmm. uh, there's the human scoundrel uh, which yeah, the uh, teleport, so, teleports behind you and stabs you kind of we've yeah. mentioned uh, uh, Ash before has been uh, on the show Ash's character is a, a human scoundrel that they imaginatively named skewman houndrel <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then yeah. there's the artificer, the the, the, uh, the nerd, basically. What's, what's he called? The tinkerer? The, the yeah, the tinkerer. I mean, I can still remember one of the times when we played Matt, and again, it was just that evocative narrative of that is me standing in the door <laughs> yeah. uh, as my big rock man, obviously throwing rocks because yeah. why would you do anything else? <laughs> and, the, and the other two looted the the rest of the, the rest rooms. of the money, but Matt was just injecting me in the back, healing <laughs> me with his little <laughs> healing syringes while I threw rocks at the enemies, and it was so evocative. It was really amazing. <laughs> It's those sorts of stories that yeah, you get out of this stuff, for sure. and it, and it, and it's what brings you back every time. Um, and and that weird puzzle of the of the of the combat and the and the fact that when you use your um, abilities, when you use your cards, mm-hmm. there's a slow trickle of these as they start to when you need them back from your discard pile. Yeah. You got to lose one. Your yeah. character wears out. Absolutely, yeah. It sort of indicates your stamina. Your their, hand of their, cards is your stamina, and their your... bag of tricks slowly Absolutely. depletes. So there's yep. an unrelenting pace, even though it's quite a long game. It really it, drags you through. It does, and you are constantly feeling like if I go into that room and get that treasure chest, we might not succeed mm-hmm. because 
we're running out of stamina. This is this battle is wearing us down, and it's you. You really start to be like when you do things like when you're about to die, you can discard a card rather than take the damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think, oh bums, I've just shortened this entire thing by. And one... that's just one mission. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that constantly evolving. So every time you go to a new location, I mean, the box. I want to say there's what hundred different enemies. It feels almost impossible uh, that I will see everything this game has to offer. Oh no, I in my no doubt, no doubt. Which there's is, which there's is planned expansions. Wild. Yes, and the expansions are like the size of the game. Wow, I, I, don't, I don't understand how anyone <laughs> has enough children, time. How do you do this? Uh, I mean, we played for what fifty hours yeah. in our campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we it is. Oh, we've unlocked two characters out of I want to say there's twenty characters this in the box. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now I will say, with four players, this thing takes. Maybe was it like four hours? It's a. It's oh, a, a what whole per day scenario? Of game, yeah. yeah. Oh, with setup. Three hours. Three you can hours, play a mission yeah. in a couple of hours. Sure. Um, um, I have the setup's it, a little heavy. I have heard it recommended for couples or uh, you know people who live together. Yeah. Um, because yeah. with a, only a, a couple of people, um, turns move faster. You can get through more scenarios. And I've I've met couples who have finished the game. Wow. Um, How? Uh, like got through the whole thing because they I live guess together, living together. They don't have. Hey to Matt, do you want to move in? <laughs> <laughs> they, you got a little one on the way. I don't. I don't uh, need any of that. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but like, what I want to say basically is that with four people, because four is the maximum number of players at once. Although you cannot have people. You know, as I said. Uh, as we said before, you know, you have different characters. You can have people jumping in and out of. Yeah, that. a sort um, of roster. Yes. Um, it is sometimes difficult to get those people together, like it is in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, getting a, a group of people to come together for for that long. Not a uh, week goes by. Not, not a week goes by where Matt doesn't say to me, "When are we playing Gloomhaven again?" And I have to say, "Oh, next week." And I, I believe it in my heart. I believe it. I <laughs> want time. it to be true. Yeah. But how do we find the time, Matt? How do we find the time? We've we got a it? podcast to run. Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. I'll be honest. I've been planning Gloomhaven sessions since I bought the game, yeah. and uh, not half of them have come through. But man, I wish they had. <laughs> this is the this is the crux of Gloomhaven, isn't it? It mm. is. It is. It's drug like. It's a long ass game. It is exhausting. It's draining. It's it's mm-hmm. fiddly. It's slow. But not a single playthrough of any board game that I have played since buying it, have I not thought about my next Gloomhaven game? <laughs> yeah. Have I not been thinking about the next time I play this game? This gigantic, impossible game. The, I love it so much. To the point where I look at big box games and I look at, like, I've, I've, I've uh, backed uh, The Ever Rain on Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, by Grimlord Games, who are in the cafe uh, we will talk about in a bit. Yes. Um, but uh, they're, they're coming to, to demonstrate village attacks. But, um, yeah, uh, th- I backed The Ever Rain. It's another similarly campaign-driven uh, uh, story narrative kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to get the chance to play it. <laughs> Because there's going to be away, so much Gloomhaven more Gloomhaven out. to do. Yeah, Can we maybe just replace some of the Gloomhaven standees with some minis from Everrain? Just so I feel like I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's Gloomhaven. Um, in case it's not clear, we like it. We like it. I we like it a little bit. We don't have it at the cafe because, of course, it has a persistent it, thing. You're absolutely. putting stickers on things. You're opening. You're tearing open, um, you know, envelopes. Uh, envelopes but if you putting can, stickers on things. If you can find it. If you can justify the admittedly high if price. You can. If you can get the game, uh, you, you need to. 
<laughs> yeah, you should have it in your life. If you haven't, go go get it. You just need to. <laughs> it's a big it's a big deal. Um, it's a big commitment. Yes. And it is big amounts of fun. Patrick, it's time to talk about the events for the upcoming month. Matt, I would love to. Well, then do. Oh, okay then. Uh, all right. Well, we can start with uh, just mentioning some things that we're doing in the, the role-playing arm. I, I teased this earlier. Unfortunately, everything I'm about to mention is already sold out. Turns out people people want to do role-playing. Yeah, people they like love it. love it. Yeah, they do. Um, we're doing Scourge of Barovia, uh, which is a twist on the old uh, Curse of Strahd, uh, you know, uh, Ravenloft, uh, uh, gothic horror, D&D, the classic adventure. Sure. Um, uh, James Delaney. I mate James Delaney, he's running it. Uh, uh, it's going to be a four-part adventure running over April, and the uh, six brave heroes are going to enter the uh, the the castle and try to defeat Strahd. It's it's um uh, it is when when we say it is a classic adventure, this is going back to AD and D like the, oh old the, the roots. I don't know D and D very well, and I know what it is. Yeah, yeah that's that's the, saying something. The roots of uh, of D and D, although um. I think, thankfully, uh, James Delaney being a, being quite a, a wise man and uh, a good DM, updating it slightly for uh, for modern audiences. Oh yeah, no, we're, we're we're not doing like save or die. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be harsh. Yeah, um, we're also doing the Game Master School, which I'm very excited for. This is where people can come along and learn about running games like we do. Uh, uh, again, sold out, uh, but that's going to be a four-week course, uh, and there's been a lot of interest in that. So that might be something that we just run again, maybe over the summer. I would be interested in attending it. Yeah, we've absolutely. Got, we've got tons of interest for that. So, it, mm-hmm. it, like, yeah, I can imagine that happening again. Yeah. Uh, so, also, Matt, there's a bank holiday coming up, right? There's there's Easter Monday. It is. That's Monday, the twenty second of April. Um, is a, is it bank holiday Monday? Did you say Monday? A Monday will be open on a Monday. No, 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 Matt. I think you're mistaken. We're closed on Monday. No, there's one. Oh the banks God. are on holiday. We've got to make we've got to make room for them. <laughs> um, I'm afraid. So, uh, like the banks. I don't know if you guys know. Take up quite a lot of space. Yeah. We got to bring in all those lock boxes. Yeah, and, we've got to be open for a whole other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Working hard. Uh, however, we will be cho- uh, we will be closed the Tuesday after. So uh, on the twenty third. Yeah. So if you're if you're planning any events or or uh, or parties or whatever you want to do and come and play board games the Tuesday we will be closed that's right yeah and be sure to be sure to book in advance uh, over that weekend because we're expecting to be very very busy yeah long weekends we tend to uh, tend to to fill up so get in there ahead ahead of time what else have we got Matt Um, we have blood on the clock tower Um, if you enjoy social deduction games um, then this might be for you Um, Blood on the Clock Tower is basically an upgraded version of Werewolf it's Werewolf but but more you might have heard of it recently it's getting a a bit of buzz their their Kickstarter campaign is is in full swing and I can't tell you just how big that box is it's enormous it's enormous because it folds out to be like a cabinet for whoever's running the game it's a whole thing I mean you're going to have to come and see for yourself right and at the event which is on the 14th uh, of April uh, that will be when we are running blood on the clock tower uh, and uh, someone will be coming up to to demonstrate the game before it's even released yes you can come and get a preview of it and then if you enjoy it you can back it on kickstarter and get your very own copy if it goes well and actually i mean i'm, I'm very excited for it i'm anticipating that it will um and there's a bit of an uh, hunger for this we might just do more regular events for it because it's a, a big game you need a lot of people to 
to come along and play it. So we might try and make it a regular thing if we can. Sure, uh, but make sure you because obviously it is it does, is a game with a lot of buzz around it. Um, it is a, a preview event, so do make sure you go over to the website and get some tickets because uh, the tickets are only five pounds. But um, they uh, they basically we uh, members do get the, the 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 discount as you would for your. Uh, uh, your regular cover charge um, so make sure you go over there and uh, and, and book ahead because I, I anticipate that people will want to be playing that as well and finally this is a packed month last but not least what's going on there is really one is. night of dread what's that all about Patrick well it's a role playing game Matt you've heard of role playing games uh, I think I'm familiar somewhat <laughs> um, it is a horror role playing game but it's being run a little bit differently rather than everybody being sat around a table it's uh, kind of a theatre show you're going to come in and uh, watch some guys uh, play it. Uh, there's a, a team of two, Smoking Guns Theatre. And they're going to play the game as their as a characters. Uh, but whenever they need to make a risky decision, they'll be consulting the audience on how risky they should take it. And that might decide whether they live or die. That sounds, sounds pretty spooky. Exciting. Yeah, I'm very pretty spooky. I'm going uh, to go and watch it. It is, yeah, part theatre show. It's our first sort of theatre style thing that we've done it's interactive there's a big um dramatic jenga tower uh, that you need to pull blocks out of or you die <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah they'll be spinning a story uh, sort of improvisation kind of thing um but that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun too that's going to be on the 30th of april um, and tickets again are available on the website they are seven pound fifty or five pounds for members uh, and that starts at half seven that night. So um, make sure you've got the, the whole evening off because it's going to run until we close. What an April, Matt. That's, that's Busy a packed, old April. That's a packed month. Let me tell you something about April. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It is quite a lot. April's always been a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, to, to, to miss out on half of this stuff, you'd be something of a fool. <laughs> Incidentally, I will be away a couple of weekends. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> you April Fool's. <laughs> oh, I see what you did. Yeah. You, you made a little joke, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, I joke. made a little tiny joke. Oh, wow. Popped it in there. Nobody oh. noticed. Yeah. And then so I called everyone's attention to it. Okay, thanks. Um, thank you. Good, good, good job, Matt. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Sam. All right. I think that probably will do it for this episode I of the Treehouse so. Podcast. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed our gushing about Gloomhaven. <laughs> and Only a tiny bit of gushing. Gushing about narrative games preceding the talk about Gloomhaven. And the gushing of Quacks of Quedlinburg we like preceding games the narrative games. We do like I, games. I like a lot of games. I like, I like games. games so much, we should make a podcast about Maybe them. we should start um, uh, some, some kind of uh, show on the internet yes. about them. Maybe there should be a business wherein... There's just a huge collection of them that you can go and play at any time. We have to stop this podcast or yeah. it's just going be, <laughs> to become a whole thing. Um, so we'll see you guys at the cafe uh, uh, sometime over the next month. If not, we'll see you in May. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Treehouse Podcast featuring Matt Turner, Patrick Lickman and Sam Saliga Walk. The producers were Matt and Patrick and the theme tune was by Custom Phase. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speaker and nobody else.